Welcome to Real Estate Unscripted, where each week we connect no-nonsense, let's-get-it-done realtors and lenders from across the country who want to grow our businesses and stay motivated with timely topics and experts in our field. I'm your host, Marjorie Adam. Let's get started. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Unscripted. You have no idea how lucky you all are today. We are going to start off 2024 with the one and only Renee Rodriguez. Say hi, Renee. How are you? You're too too kind, but I'll but I'll take it anyways. No, you take it because I'm going to tell you guys a story. So if any of you have been living under a rock and you don't know who Renee is, then I'm here to tell you first a book you're going to start your year off with, Amplify Your Influence. Fantastic book. We're going to talk about that too. It's not the main reason for today, but let me just tell you guys the importance of following your mentors and those people that guide you. So a few months ago, I get a call from one of my very best friends, Robin Lavasser. Robin says, Marjorie, you're coming to Mastermind. And I said, okay, cool. And she said, you're also going to do AmpCon. And I said, fantastic. Now, let's be clear. I didn't know what either of these things were, right? You're going to fly to Texas and do this. And I said, yes, ma'am. And so got in touch with Renee's team. They said, let's set you up on a call. I thought, fantastic. I'm going to go on a call with, with someone. And up on my screen pops, Renee Rodriguez. How this happens, I don't know, but through this connection with Robin, through someone that I deeply respect and trust, and who is a mentor and friend of mine saying, you're going to do this, I hopped on a plane, I <laughs> came to this conference, and you blew me away. And so I have had the honor, honest honor of getting to spend time with you. Thank you for taking your time and joining me today. Well, the, and this is so cliche, but the honor is mine. You <clears throat> you became everyone's instant favorite <laughs> at the event. So and as my, my wife just said, you tell her that she's the, my favorite by night. Now all the people are going to hear this. She's one of them. I'm going to say one of my favorite people I've ever met. It's okay. They, they're they still on the list. But, but, I, but you're number one. Well, hey, and you can tell her thank you because she's super fantastic. But I, the point is we're going to get into this is I could have said I don't have time, right? I could have said, well, what's that all about? And, and you know, research and said maybe next year. And it was like, nope. If you as a mentor say, I've got to do this, I have to do this. And I will say, it's amazing. And you know this, how timely the information is, right? It's like you seek the teacher and they will appear. And so I've been fortunate to not only, of course, read your book, but to be able to be in a room with you. And and I want to share some of what I got so much out of at AmpCon, which everyone needs to go to, mm. to get them started for the new year, right? So as you know, because you work with a lot of realtors and lenders, Tough year, 2023, you know, big year, big year of change. A lot of people are frustrated and burned out. And when I sat in your conference, you started talking about, you know, we see highlight reels of people's lives and we think things are going so great for them and how come they're doing well and I don't feel like I am. And you told me to sit down, you know, all of us and said, look, you got to decide what's what journey am I on and am I the best I can be? So how do I figure that out? How do I start working through that? Because it's a great idea, but conceptually, how do I put that to action? You know, it's funny when I hear myself say things like that, they sound so cliche. And I always go back to this concept that I believe the answers to life are found in cliches. And because there's there's nothing really that new out there. And it was a cliche, but the first time it was said, it wasn't a cliche. It was profound. And then someone heard it and they go, wow, that makes a lot of sense. And they used it. And then they told three people and they told three people and they told all of a sudden it goes, and cliches were the first viral content out there. And so, you know, the reality is the reason I say we're on a journey is that it's a way to conceptualize the narrative that we're living, a, a beginning, a middle, and an end. 
And journeys have a beginning, how they start, they have a middle, and then there's an ending to it. And there's multiple journeys I think we go on. You know, if you're going through a divorce, that's a journey. If you're going through weight loss, that's a journey. If you're trying to turn around your business, that's a journey. If you're starting a new job, that's a journey. New relationships are a journey. The ending of relationships is a journey. So it's all journeys. And so you have to ask yourself, what journey are you on? What story are you telling? And the the concept of story is, is something that's been important to me too, because we use story to help us understand life and not the once upon a time story, the story of explanation, how we explain things to ourselves. And that story, the explanation is a narrative. And that narrative is how the brain uses, it's how the brain constructs reality is to understand meaning. And so when we say we're on a journey, one is a self-realization, a self-awareness process to say, this is what, what's happening in my life right now. Then to pay attention to how I'm explaining it. If it's a victim, the journey is any narrative of victim. Well, <clears throat> where do you know the outcome of that? It's not a good one. If the journey is on the comeback and the hero, then we know where that's headed too. And you'd be surprised. And I think you know this as well as anyone, given your experience, that the journey and the narrative we choose will, will dictate the outcome. Agreed. So then now, the question is then, what outcome do I want to narrate? Yeah. I mean, I think so for so many people, right. That it's also like, you know, I always say garbage in garbage out, right. You say it in a much more profound way, but it's also, I think a lot of people, what are they focusing on? What are they paying attention to? You said, you know, my, my case against reality, like perception equals reality for me. Right. So how I'm perceiving what's going on around me, what I'm paying attention to, what I'm ingesting, right. Is what is kind of creating this reality for me. So wouldn't you say that one of the first things like recommending is how they change their input, what they're paying attention to who they're listening to. Yeah. I mean, what you're consuming and allowing into you is also <clears throat> becomes part of the mental fodder by which you make decisions and explanations. And so if you are consuming garbage, yeah, that's going to affect how you view the world. And, but here's the problem, the media outlets, social media being the main one loves putting garbage in front of you. And in a way, especially garbage that you cannot control. And that's the most dangerous kind of consumption. If you're consuming bad information, negative news around things that you have zero control over, and it's consuming your attention span, then your full, your perception in the view and the, the focus area that you choose is around things you can't control. And then when you focus on things you can't control and they go out of bounds, you become depressed, anxious, negative, and you can do nothing about it because you can't control it. Yeah. And it's always putting it in your face. And so you've got to be smarter than that and really pay attention and picky about what you allow into your field of attention. So what do you, what would you say, like, as you start your day, so we talk a lot about, and we coach on morning routines and really feeding your soul and, you know, really starting your day. How do you, like, would love to know, how do you start your day? Uh, I start early. So, you know, we, we go to, we're, <laughs> we're in bed by, by 7, 15, 7, 30. That is early. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll watch, you know, maybe watch an episode of something, maybe close out the day. And I start pretty early, a cup of coffee and reflection and getting clear on what's, what's the number one thing that's going to move the needle for me today? What's that one piece? And if I can get really clear on that, I also reaffirm what I'm committed to and what's, what's, what's really important. And when I, when I know what I'm committed to and I know what will move the needle, then I know how to behave. But more importantly, <clears throat> the biggest piece to control the day is to make sure that whatever enters your calendar passes that filter as well. Yeah. The, and if you've got other people sending your calendar appointments, it's a risk because they may not be operating from the same filter. And so there's, there's, you know, the way, the best way to prepare for the day is the day before or the week before, right? The week before you prefer for the week, the month before for the month, the year before for the year. 
And so there's a lot of preparation. I think you and I were talking a lot about how do you prepare for next year? Well, it's, it's December. Some would say it's a little early or at least it's a little late, but better late than never. Yeah. So what would you say? So a realtor and lender listening, because that's our main audience and my husband and friends, but Hey, I've got to prepare for next year. I keep feeling like every year, like, you know, you and I both asked someone a question, how was your year? Eh, it wasn't that great. Well, what were your numbers? I don't know. Like what's great preparation. So I'm going to really commit to that. What's, what are some preparation techniques or things you do or recommend people do going into the new year? Best question. My mentor asked me when I was 24, what would have to happen to make this next year, the best year of your life? And I'd never been asked that question. I'm like, what would have to happen? What would have to happen to make this next year the best year of my life? And what it did for me was triggered so much resistance. Well, this, but that's not happening. Oh, but this, but there's no way that can happen. And so when you say, okay, let go of that voice and just answer that question freely. What would have to happen to make this next year the best year of my life? And then once I get that out, the next obvious question should be, what got in my way last year from having that year? Sometimes it's as simple as not having a vision. Yes. Sometimes it's as simple of just not even asking the question. Most often it's self-sabotaging behaviors, limiting beliefs, and which lead to behaviors that didn't contribute to it. And so then the third question, first one is, would have to happen to make this the best year of my life? Second would be, well, what got in my way last year? Third should be, what am I going to do differently this year? Yes. And so it's, it's basic, but simple and it's straightforward. And if you start with that, and I think that'll at least get you on the path. Now, goal setting, I also recommend finding somebody like you to work with that one has accomplished a ton and two knows how to coach and strategize and facilitate that process. So find somebody like you yeah, to work it. with. Have a mentor, right? We all, how many, so uh, that's something I want to know. How many mentors do you have, right? Or who are your, don't tell me names, but like, I'm guessing, sure. I know you have a fitness mentor because you've gone through a massive fitness journey, right? Like you look fantastic, you know, but I mean, you've been <laughs> you. to it. Who, like, what kind of mentors surround you and keep you motivated moving forward? I have a lot of them. And, uh, you know, we did the math on how much weight I lost and how much fat I lost. And, and we did this two weeks ago. It's 102 pounds of just pure fat. Wow. Gained 30 pounds of muscle, but 102 pounds of fat. So the mentors, obviously, to me, I am very picky about how I spend my time and who I spend my time with. And the best part is, is if you spend time with me, you would never know that I'm picky. You would never know it. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't tell you that. You think I'm easy to get a hold of because you're part of that circle for me. And if you're somebody that isn't contributing, if you're negative, if you're somebody that is pulling me down, I, you'll never know that I've also opted out of spending time with you. I don't, I don't believe that needs to be a dramatic thing. So I still may love you and I still may be friends with you, but I don't spend tangible time with you. Yeah. Because the tangible time is one, it's few and far between that's free. And two, it's too valuable to just give it away. Yeah. It's way too valuable. And I don't have much of it left. If I'm, if, if I'm, if I'm realistic, I can be in denial, you know, I'm 48 years old. I got, no, yeah, I really, there's only a few summers left. I mean, it's, it's not that many. There's only a few birthdays left and that are quality. So why in the hell would I waste a day or a minute with somebody who is negative, that can't dream, that is constantly pushing, pushing you down or that <clears throat> is jealous of your success or is insecure? I heard Deion Sanders say this the other day, don't, uh, I'm not sorry that my confidence offends your insecurity. Ooh. I was like, whoa, 
Yeah. That was really cool. And I thought about that. I'm like, okay, <laughs> how many times does, does our confidence or maybe our, our mastery over something offend people and maybe really truly offend their insecurity? So instead of them getting better, we dumb ourselves down. I was like, oh man, <laughs> I'm done with that. Now I don't, it's not about boasting, but I don't need to apologize. And Jim Rohn said it best. He said, if you take full responsibility for the failures in your life, meaning you don't blame anyone, then you have earned the right to not have to apologize for any and all successes. And so all those fundamental pieces kind of all mean the same thing. I'm not going to apologize for my confidence. I'm not going to apologize for the success because I also own every single fucking failure I've had. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, no doubt. The one that, I'm the one that ate shit, not you. And so when I ate enough of it and I was done and I made a shift and, I'm a, <clears throat> and I made the sacrifices and I said no to things and, and I paid the price and I paid the dollars and I did the things and now I'm succeeding and you're upset. I'm sorry. I'm not apologizing. Yeah. Not apologizing, but I, I'm also don't have to spend much time with it. Yeah. And I think that's, that is true. Like, I think we surround ourselves. You can choose to surround yourself with someone that's going to propel you forward and, and motivate you and, and really, you know, just keep you super positive, or you can surround yourself with the people that always tell you that will never work. You can't do that. You're never going to, you know, like, it's interesting. We, we set goals every year. And so someone will say, oh, that's not possible. You can't. Now I don't mean to set, you know, a goal that's clearly impossible, but making bigger goals, stretching goals, really pushing ourselves versus letting everyone else tell us that's, that's just not something you can do. I agree with you. I mean, I have Haley, who is a partner of mine and in, in coaching, and it's, we both said next year and every year, it's like, who's going to be that motivating force for us? Who's someone that we're going to want to reach out to and call? Who's someone that we know will call us when they need something? That's kind of the focus that we have. Uh, you know, I'm looking for people that can give me more ideas and motivate me. And, you know, the music I listen to everything, right, is something that yeah. that keeps me in a positive state versus spending time, like you mentioned, and all these things we can't control, like the lenders and realtors, the rates, the housing inventory, the election. I can't control any of this. I can control my action and what I'm doing and having mentors. And I think people sort of gave up, but just were really frustrated this year. They didn't seek out more mentorship. They don't, you know, it's sort of sitting back saying one day. And I think like you, I'm done with one day. One day is today. So I think if we could really have people own that, you know, that would yeah. make a big difference too. Yeah, absolutely. And to further answer your question of who, so I've, I've had one mentor that's been around for about 27 years and she was at AmpCon. She's yeah, a former mentor. Yeah, you met her. She was a mastermind. Elizabeth. Elizabeth is such a good mentor that she's frustrating. And <laughs> She's frustrating because she makes you think in ways that maybe you don't want to think, asks you questions that maybe you don't want to answer. And she forces you to do exercises that are really frustrating and difficult and mind bending, but she's also brilliant in the business. And so to me, having somebody that can push you, you know, and the job of a mentor isn't to comfort you. It's the job of a friend, family, but mentors are there to push you, to grow you and to and if you believe the philosophy that awkwardness is a requirement for growth, then you know that you're going to have to go through a lot of awkward stuff. You're going to have to go through a lot of awkward thinking. And awkwardness is, is something that as kids, we embrace. We don't care. You know, kids fall down their first time walking. They don't fall. They don't walk. Take some weeks, if not months of failure. They don't care. They don't feel judged. And we don't judge them. We're like, good. We, we're praising the entire time. But as adults, we run away from awkwardness. And if you run away from awkwardness and awkwardness is a requirement for growth, then we're running from growth. And we're trying to design lives that don't put us in awkward situations. Instead, design lives, design your life around awkwardness. Learn to embrace it because you won't be awkward for long if you stay in it. That's the key. 
That's the dirty little secret. It won't be long if you stay in it. And then you'll be able to do things that other people were unable to do. And that's the cool prize. Well, don't you think that's why? I mean, you know, a lot of people don't go to the gym. Well, and that's also why people, it's coming January, right? January 1st is coming. What happens? The gym industry's like, swoop. I've got about two months of being really busy. And I think it's why we don't commit. And, you know, I think it's this awkwardness, but it's also this non-committal, right? So to me, if you're going to commit, you get a trainer and you pay them and then you show up and then you do what they say, even when you don't want to. And, you know, that's, that's a physical trainer. That's someone helping you with what you're eating. That's you helping with, you know, their mindset as well as how they communicate, which is such an important thing, but it's all the mentors. That's why I ask because I think, People assume you come to a certain level and you have, I don't need mentors. And I think actually you get more mentors, right? I think the most successful people have probably the the most amount of coaches and mentors because they know how important it is. Absolutely. It's go to any, and this is again, cliche, go to any professional athlete. They aren't on the court by themselves. They aren't calling the shots. There is a coach there calling the shots. And a professional has at a minimum five coaches on the field with them. There's a strength coach. There's a flexibility coach. There's a mental coach. There's the coach coach. There's an assistant coach. There's a defensive coach. I mean, there's so many coaches out there and all of them are specialists in what they do. And why is it that the best have the most coaches and the ones that are barely surviving don't have any? I think there's a correlation there. And but it's and then people would say, well, it's because they have those coaches. No, they were coachable first. Yeah, they were coachable first. And that's why they were successful. And being coachable, and I think you'd agree with me on this, is one of the first requirements for me, just as a human. And being coachable tells me that you have your ego in check. Yeah. And you have a healthy dose of reality that there's always something to learn. And you're just quite frankly, way more enjoyable to be around. Yeah. And I think it's also, you know, we like a lenders and realtors. So I'm a realtor. So I'm just going to speak as realtors. Yes, we do an important thing, right? Yes, we are helping someone purchase and and sell a home, but I am not flying around the country with a heart in my cooler saving life, right? I am not. So like we've, we've taken ourselves so seriously. Ego is funny because again, this is also a business. Everything's great. Everything's not, you have a good year, you have a bad year, right? Like it doesn't define who you are. Right. And I think that people have allowed that. Or you also ask why some people don't get coaching. I think it's fear. Don't you think it's fear? Like isn't there a component in your brain that there's this comfort level, right? And so we're in comfort, even though we're uncomfortable. Let's be clear. Like I'm depressed, but this is my baseline, right? And I'm I'm not going to change because of this fear, right? Even if I'm miserable where I am. Isn't there a component of ourselves that we get kind of stuck and we don't know how to unstuck, but it's become our baseline almost? Yeah, I think there's, I think there's several pieces to it. I think you hit it around. I mean, what isn't, what, what negative part of our life isn't associated to fear, right? So so then let's get a little more specific. Fear of what? And well, one, it could be fear of the investment. I don't have the money to, to invest in a coach. And that's legit. I, I get it. And then you get the fact of, of then maybe reframing that saying, well, what's the cost of not having one? And then you go, okay, well, which one is the right one? Because there's a lot of coaches out there that shouldn't be coaches. Great. I, I literally said this morning, there's a talk, it was asked to come to do a keynote in Columbia, uh, like Columbia, the country. And so cool. And I couldn't go because I had a conflicting event. So I was like, well, who else could I? They wanted to say, Renee, who do you refer? I'm like, well, huh, I'm not sure. And I was thinking who can speak and who can train and who can. And there were very few. The list was very few of who people I could put my name behind. Yeah. And it was sad. But so aside from now, 
you don't need the best coach in the world, but sometimes even a mediocre coach can change your life. And sometimes that's your first coach. And there's also a lot of really good coaches out there that are trying to figure out their business model that might take you on as a client and say, you know what, I'll, I'll let you tell my story. And maybe you're able to add that value back to them. So I think it's fear, fear of money, fear of, of a lot of times. And at the end of the day, it's fear of change. Yes. And so we don't like the change process at all. It's not psychologically safe. And if we allow that fear of change to drive our life and decisions, then you do the math on how that life is going to look in the long run. This, you're not going to accomplish much. So at the end of the day, you have to be okay facing uncomfortable changes yeah, and being held accountable to it. But admitting, I think you have to first admit, like you got to admit, yeah. I, you know, Hey, I'm ready. And so I think there's so many pieces, right? Cause we coach people and they're like, I know I need help. But okay, so that's step one. But then there's got to be the action behind it, right? Because I could I could spend five hours with you if I were fortunate enough to do it. And you could lay out a complete process for me and say, this is what you have to do. And then I just don't do it, right? So I think it's that next action yeah. being in comfort. But when you talked about fear of investment, I also think, look, that's a bit of an excuse because so let's use let's so let's use like opportunities to be with you. So let's I'm gonna I'm talking to you. I'm gonna use you as the example. So I'm gonna call it. I'm going to call the pinnacle of spending time with you the mastermind process, right? Where I can spend, and there, there's probably even higher levels, but so I can mastermind with you where I'm in a room with you. But let's say my excuse is, let's play this through like live, right? My excuse is, well, I can't afford a mastermind. Okay. Well, let's yep. take this all the way down then first. So I could listen to your podcast. You have an Amplify podcast and I want to get to know you. I can listen to your podcast. That's free, really, right? So I can start to That's learn. Cool. Then I can buy your book. Amplify Your Influence, which yep. I have read, I'm reading again, and I can start to apply some of those things. You are welcome. Because like I said, there are crackheads if they don't read your book and listen to your podcast. <laughs> but then, so- but <laughs> I agree. Yes, come on. But okay, so I can listen to the podcast. I can buy the book. Then I can say, you know what? I'm going to go to an AmpCon. I'm just saying there's steps to commitment, right? I'm going to learn. I'm going to increase. I'm going to apply what I learned in your book and in your podcast to my business. My business will then start to grow. I can then say, wow, I am, I've made progress. I've got, now I'm ready for next level investment. I can go to an AmpCon, which was fantastic, by the way. Then I can say, you know what? I would love to come maybe to the Amplify. I'm going to learn even more Then I'd love to be in Renee's mastermind. I'm just giving an example of, we can say, I can't afford this. I don't have time for this, but there are levels to which I could listen to podcasts of amazing people like you all day long. And my investment is my time and my commitment to make a change. Yeah, you you nailed it. The thing is, I tell people, I said, I wanted it to be zero excuses to be able to learn from me. And you nailed it. I said, okay, you don't have money. The podcast is free. And some people tell that I give it all away in the, on the podcast. Like it's all there. Listen for free. And then book what's now, I think it went on sale for 15 bucks on Amazon. Okay. 15 bucks. And you know what? If you can't afford the book, call me, I'll send you a signed one on me much better in your hands than it is mine. And so then you can, I'd say, if you like it, tell people about it. If you don't like it, shh, don't tell anybody, but <laughs> they will it, like it. <laughs> I also put a, a free video every single day on my social media. And there's the energy it takes to get one video down to a minute. Yeah. People don't understand on a daily basis. They don't understand the, the time, energy, and focus and to be able to say, did I get something out of that? And I look and I watch and I critique every single one of those every day. My team, they know I drive them crazy, but we agree that it's the beauty of the relationship and why it's done also really well. Yeah. But, you know, there's, and then, you know, we've got a coaching group that we go in, and we're, we're changing the name, by the way. I think it's either going to be our academy or calling it our mentorship program. And so there's, there's that 
element. That's 197 bucks a month. And you get two meetings. We started with one, we raised it to two. And so we're going to have myself and a lot of my mentors are going to be coaching one time a month. And so I'm giving you access to all these other people. But my point is, if you really have this, there's no excuses. There's really no excuses. You can go learn from Ed Milet. You can go learn from Tony Robbins, YouTube, all of those things. And, and But you have to be diligent about it. But once you're ready and you make that first investment in yourself, there's something beautiful about investing in yourself. You have so much more skin in the game. My happiest clients, the ones that make their most dramatic change are the ones that spend the most because they are they have their own personal leverage. They're invested in this. The ones that learn the least are the ones that come for free. And I can always tell. I've had people come to my Amplify. Have you, you haven't been Amplify just yet. Have you? No, I've done AmpCon and I'm in your mastermind. So Amplify's next. Okay. We got to get you in there. And what's yeah. funny is I was, we have, you'll, you'll, that'll be the probably your best experience. But we had somebody come in and I, I said, hey, you want to give the next toast? It's part of our little exercise. And the kid looks at me and he goes, no. <laughs> and I was like, no one's ever said no. One, because you spent too much money to come in and say no. And then it dawned on me and I'm like, and I'm like kind of malfunctioning. Malfun I'm like, I looked at him and I go, you didn't pay to be in here, did you? And he's like, what? I'm like, you were gifted this, weren't you? And he's like, huh? I'm like, yeah, it's all dawning on me. Let me rephrase because I work for your boss because they're the ones that paid for you to be in here. Yeah. Give the next fucking toast. Because <laughs> I said so. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> your boss spent too much money. <laughs> it's a key. That's why, look, free coaching. I think there's got to be skin in the game. And I don't care if it's five bucks, right? I'm not saying it has to be expensive, but Nothing. I think, yeah. look, you are correct, but I think also the information is free, right? Like you can Google, you can you can go on YouTube, you can learn almost anything, maybe even how to do a transplant. I'll just say, but the accountability is is what you pay for. Like I think people get confused. I'm gonna join coaching and gosh, I just didn't learn. They expect this like unicorn rainbow. Oh, you're I know on your like zoom the little like fire comes up. They expect this massive boom, right? There it is, bam. But the problem is you know the info, but it's now being conveyed to you by someone like, like my husband could say something to me and you could say something to me. And my husband would be like, I say that every day. And I'm like, well, no, I heard it. Cause when I said it, I'm just using that as example. And then I take the action, right. And you, you're holding me accountable to the action. I think yeah. people get a little lost in coaching. They're like, well, they didn't tell me anything new. It's like, no, I've coached you five times and you just have not implemented or taken action on what you know you need to do. Yeah. The so my book, you know how it was written? It was because of my wife. And I had been offered 10 years ago to write the book from the same same company, number one business book publisher in the world, Wiley. And I had an 80 page proposal, but I just never I never followed through on the business plan and it just kind of died out and I got busy. It came along again and it was the beginning of my relationship. And she said, sign that contract. I'm like, they want it done in seven months. She goes, Do it. Sign it. And she went through and designed every single chapter and the time and the writing to the point where she goes, you get up at five, your first meeting's at eight, get up at five, grab your coffee. You're starting to write by 5.30. You go to 7.30. We'll get your breakfast, be on your meeting at eight. Do your meetings. You're on your plane at 3 p.m., okay? You have a three-hour flight. Take your little nap, start writing at four, right? She knows I fall asleep as soon as the plane moves oh, and I wake up, right? I just, it's just, I don't know what, it's just... I fall asleep. Lucky. And she goes, you'll have two hours. Next year, you have three hours to, to write on that plane. You need to finish chapter X. And then you get to the hotel room. And if you don't finish, you'll have another two and a half hours when you get to the hotel room before dinner. And so time change. And then, so then she's got them all mapped out. I remember I was going through this like three months into this process. I was tired. It's 10 o'clock at night. And I came into bed. I kind of came in ready to, just to battle with her. And 
she's in bed. And I'm just crawling. She goes, did you finish chapter X? I'm like, no. And I'm going to finish it tomorrow. And she just sits up. She goes, really? When? Because tomorrow you have to finish this chapter. And then you have these meetings, this meeting, and this meeting. And so if you don't finish that meeting, now you're going to be one chapter behind. And if you're one chapter behind, I did the math on all the other ones. Now you've missed your deadline. You've lost the entire contract. Now, halfway through her sentence, I'm cursing her under my breath, turning around back and back into my office. And, and then I go back in and I get back in. I'm so angry. I'm typing away. But five minutes later, I'm still writing. And an hour and a half later, two hours later, I finish. And as angry as I was. I'm grateful yeah. because somebody cared enough about me to be unreasonable with me. She did not reason with me. She did not hear my excuses. They did not weren't validated. The goal was the goal. There is no negotiation and you get it done. That's why the book is dedicated to her because there is no way, no way in God's earth it would have been done without her pushing harder than anybody's ever pushed me to do it. And that is what a coach and a mentor should do and they can be if you allow it somebody as close as your spouse yeah and you and but you're also i think this is where again realtors where i am one of them we don't have a schedule and a lot of people got into it because gosh it's just so fun and you make your own schedule which is the biggest joke on all of us right that's ha 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 we make our own schedule no we don't but we're not necessarily disciplined like i'm in my office i love my new office i'm in the office i get to work i have a schedule right and i think that's part of having a business that a lot of people really struggle with, which sounds crazy, but on the real estate end, you don't have necessarily a boss. You are your boss. I show up for work. That's great. I don't show up for work. No one can tell me not to. And I think, so as we go, as we kind of wrap up, which I would talk to you for six days, by the way. So I can't wait for mastermind because then I get to just hang out with you again. But as we wrap up, year is starting. You've got people that need to really get into gear, right? And we've got to eliminate a lot of this negative influence that's around us. They've got to search for mentors. What's a good message to the lenders and the realtors going into what remains, right? An election year, an uncertain year, kind of start them off for the year. For realtors, one, understand that distraction can be your friend. And let me explain that. There's a lot of realtors right now distracted with this lawsuit. Yes. And if you're in a competitive environment and your competitors are distracted with a lawsuit, that distraction is your friend. They got their eye off the ball. The top realtors, they have a name for this lawsuit, they call it a distraction. And focus on what you can control. Let others be the ones that are distracted and you continue running and serving your customers, getting better at what you do. And I mean this not because I'm on your podcast, but Mar Marjorie, everybody that knows you and everybody that's worked with you knows that you are at the top of the game. If you're listening to this and you need a mentor, you need a coach, you need advice, I would get as close as you possibly can to what Marjorie's talking about in her. Find a time to work with her. As, as loving and as, as bubbly as she is, she's a relentless businesswoman. That Look at her numbers, ask her numbers. She won't offer them to you, but if you ask her, she'll tell you. She is producing more than most people that I know in this industry, and she does it and knows how to coach people. So find a Marjorie in your life and get as close as you can. Drive her to the airport. Do whatever you can. Pay If there's a coaching program she has, join it. Whatever you can do, find that kind of person and dive in because you got to surround yourself with good people. Yes, and I would say back to you. So I want to end with first. Again, thank you so much because like, I know your schedule. I mean, it's insane. Like we, I was like, love to do this podcast. They were like, well, you can do 30 minutes this month. I'm like, I will take it. I don't care if it's at midnight. If you had to get me up at four in the morning, which I don't do, I would do it for you. But listen, everyone listening, I'm just telling you his book, fantastic. Amplify your influence, his podcast, right? His website is meetwithrene.com. It's fantastic. Meet Renee, meet Renee. 
meet Renee, meetrenee.com. And it has all of this information on the podcast and his different classes and things that you can do and his book. But honestly, connecting with you, like I said, I, one of the people that believes my mentors say, my friends and mentors who I respect say, you've got to do this. So I would say make 2024 that too. Instead of, no, I don't have time for this. It could cost some money. And again, I'm not saying if you have limited means, I get it. Do the book, do the podcast, but you've got to reach out to those people that are going to help propel your success. And that frankly are just a joy to be around like you are. I've gotten to meet your family. I met your son who I love. Your wife is a force of nature. Your team is unbelievable. And again, you are a, a joy. And I thank you so much for making time for me today. You're too kind. The answer is yes. What's the question with you? Would love to do it again anytime. We we will make time, and we'll and we won't have uh, a short period of time. I would. Uh, this was fun, and I think I think there's so much more to explore, and I think yes. we should do it. Soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Real Estate Unscripted is sponsored by Alcova Mortgage. Alcova is committed to simplifying the mortgage process. Check out the tools we offer to realtors and home buyers at alcova.com/realtors. Alcova Mortgage Equal Housing Lender. NMLS ID number 40508, org. Before we go, please show us some love by subscribing on your listening platform of choice and leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you share this with your friends and be sure to listen in next week. Until then, this is Marjorie Adam. Don't forget to check out the show notes for a recap. This podcast was made possible by listeners like you. Thank you so much for your support.